Welcome in to Please Bear With Me with your host, Travis Corley. And it's always a good week when you're in the win column, and even better, coming off of two losses. And a win over a good Kansas team got a little shaky there in the second half, but the Bears pulled it out. And you know what? In this year's Big 12, every win is a good win, even against Kansas. Special guest today on the pod, we've got former Baylor quarterback Seth Russell joining us. We're going to talk about Kansas, going to talk about the mindset of this team moving forward, and then a little bit about the Butt Bowl coming up this weekend, a big game. Please bear with me. Bears fans, help me welcome in former Baylor quarterback, Seth Russell. Seth Russell, excited to have you here, and thanks for joining us. Yeah, Travis, appreciate you having me on today. Hey, uh, in the spirit of Halloween, I got to know, what's like, what's your favorite Halloween candy, and what is, what's your least favorite? Well, um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with the least favorite, which is one of my wife's favorites, which is really odd. Don't judge me but she loves peeps and i'm not a huge peeps fan oh peeps um, peeps yeah like, like the, the easter candy yeah that's very random i don't know but uh <laughs> so that's probably my my least favorite i guess i guess technically it's not halloween candy but i always seem to see it around the house around halloween that's as well so as weird. easter that is um, so weird does she save them from easter and just like keep them in the closet or something no no she'll she'll she's big on like so whenever she was a clinical dietitian at Texas Children's, um, all the dietitians in there would like, they would, there would be new um, flavors that come out and everybody would want to try them as so they would bring them to the office and everybody could try the new Peeps flavor. Um, so a little side story there, but she loves that's, Peeps, which I'm like, that's, you could pick any other candy and I would be okay with. That's but, the last candy I expected to hear. Honestly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I guess the favorite, you know, it's always uh, always hard to beat a Butterfinger um, or just a good old-fashioned double-stuffed Oreo. You know, those are, those are solid. two solid choices. Very solid. Sure. So more of, a, more of a chocolate guy than, like, uh, sugary, soury. Yeah, I guess yeah. if you wanted to, you know, separate the two. Um, maybe soury, like Sour Patch Kids are always really Classic. good. Sour Punch, yeah, sour punch Straws right are, yeah are great um i used to up. uh sip my dr pepper through a sour punch straw i don't know if you're, you're one of those guys oh yeah if you didn't do that <laughs> growing up then you didn't have a childhood you opinion. didn't live man you didn't live <laughs> <laughs> exactly yep absolutely all right well uh let's talk some baylor football now um a good win here for the bears after after a two-game skid um kind of a, a heartbreaking loss there in west virginia but you know Things always get weird there in Morgantown, as as we all know. Um, and I think, you know, coming in, there's a 
pretty high expectations for this team coming into uh, into the season. Fair, unfair, do- doesn't matter. But th- there was some high expectations set on this team. And, um, you know, I, I think at this point, it, it, there's a very big outside shot that Baylor makes the Big 12 championship. Um, has the mindset of the team, do you think, changed at all from a Big 12 championship to now just like, hey, let's let's just make a bowl game? Zero bit. Zero. Because, you know, as I'm watching the Big 12 teams, you know, there was, you know, the past three or four or five years, there were the top and the bottom, right? But this year, like, I mean, everybody's beating up on everyone. And so, I mean, there's there's a chance. I mean, guys are at the bottom right now could potentially be in, you know, be in competition to be at the top at the end of the year. And so, uh, I mean, I see it from just a standpoint of control the controllables, right? You can't control what other teams are going to do. As you go out there, hey, do your assignment, align, you know, line up the way that you're supposed to do and just do your job. Um, but I think the mindset is, hey, they still got to prove themselves. Right. Every single day they step on the field, it's a chance to prove who they are, who they want to be. Right. And I think they're they're starting to come into their own with this past week. You know, the last couple of games, you know, a play or two here or there. And it's a totally different outcome. Right. And so um, and I think that you can chalk that up to, you know, say inexperience potentially. You know, hey, we're, we're relying on a, a freshman running back. Hey, we got, you know, inexperience in the backfield or in the uh, in the defensive you know, the defensive backfield, um, give or take. But it's just – it's figuring out. And I think the coaching staff has done a great job up to this point to put the players in the position for them to succeed. It's just the players have to take action on that chance to succeed. And you saw that last week, right? They took advantage. I mean, start of the second half was a little bit slow. We've had – that's kind of been Baylor's MO the last – this past season was – you know, slow starts out of the yeah. gate in the second half, um, which has been pretty consistent. And so, uh, but, you know, they were, they were far enough ahead to where they could be able to, they were able to overcome it. But yeah, the mindset does not change. I mean, you're, you know, you're fighting to be bowl eligible now, yeah. right? That's kind of the goal. And um, to play into December and potentially January, just depending on how the season ends. You think that's something they talk about at all? Like, Hey, we still got Absolutely. a shot at the big 12. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, there's no reason why they shouldn't be, you know, you know, talking natty, right. Even though they're the chances every single week now that we're two losses in um, are very slim, but why not shoot for that? Right. Why not have that mentality of, you know, we want to be the best, you know, the best two loss team in the country, right. Let's go out and prove ourselves three loss team in the country. Yeah. Two, two big 12 loss, uh, but I'm with you. Um, so still a lot to play for. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's yeah. If, if you, if you can't find a reason to play, then <laughs> you might as well just go find somewhere else to play or not play at all. Hey, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. And you mentioned kind of the, the, the wheels started to maybe come off a little bit there in the second half, but I actually wanted to ask you right there before half we're up, we're up 28 to three. Um, looks like, I mean, all of the momentum is in Baylor's way at this point. And we force a fumble. We get the ball back with like less than 30 seconds. We're saying, hey, let's go score again. Ben Sims drops a wide open touchdown with like, that's one of those ones where you're so wide open, you think about it too much. And it just, 
99 times out of 100, he's going to catch that ball. And it just happened to be that one time this past Saturday. And then Gavin Holmes drops a drops a tough pass, which turns into an interception. And it seems like now the momentum I felt was in Kansas way. So it almost would have been better. Like if they had not fumbled, we just made the tackle and we go in 28 to three with the momentum. Did you think there was a little bit of momentum shift there as well? Yeah, I mean, you know, Ben, that's very uncharacteristic of him, right? I mean, he's made a lot tougher catches, make look, you know, make, you know, make them look really easy. And so, um, like you said, I mean, it's just kind of one of those where you're just so wide open, you're expecting somebody to hit you. And so you're kind of bracing for it, but it never comes. And so, you know, he could have probably had some sweat on his gloves, like those gloves, like when they get wet, like they get really slippery, which is really, especially if you're, hey, you're blocking and then you release and then you try to, you know, catch the ball, like, it's like, oh, why didn't you catch it? Well, it's, you know, it's like ice, you know, like trying to catch ice. Like, it's just, it's really, it gets really slippery. I've had that happen to me before, but back to your momentum. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's what football is, right? It's a game of momentum and, and taking shots when you need to take shots. Cause you know, if you can take a team, if you can deflate a team as quickly as possible, you know, thinking back to our day, right. I mean, or my day when I played, I mean, we were, we scored the first drive, every single game we played, or at least that I played, right? Just about. And so, um, yeah, it just, it, you know, they, them coming out the second half, you know, they had some momentum, right? They got a big stop. They said, hey, we can do this, right? Um, and they started to put up a fight. And that's that's one thing that you don't want to give a team mm. that's fighting for their lives is a is an opportunity, yeah. right, is a chance, right, to, to get themselves back in the game. And, and they did a little bit, but – they were able to hold them down enough to, to pull out the dub. Yeah. And I think another big momentum shift coming out there, there from the half, uh, shaping fumbles, fumbles again, trying to escape the pocket. Like you're taught as a quarterback to have two hands on the ball, escaping the pocket. Am I right about that? Oh yeah. Is oh, that, yeah. is that kind of the reason that, you chalk that up to is like, Hey man, just, just put two hands on the ball, escape in the pocket. And maybe we've got to win against West Virginia as well. Yeah. Looking back at it. I mean, yeah, I think I'm, I'm guilty of it too, right? <laughs> hey, you break the pocket. You, you want to, you want to, you know, kind of be a, you, know, you just want to be an athlete, right? Yeah. That's just yeah. how it kind of plays into it. And that dude's he's a stud, right? He's, he's a gunslinger. I love his, his playing style um how he can just sling it all over the field you know it doesn't have there's no range that he can't hit which I love about it um but back to yeah ball security right I mean that's just now it's two games in a row yeah right and so now it's like hey fool me once shame on you fool me twice you know shame on me now I need to really lock in that's something I'm sure uh coach bell and the coaching staff are really really going to hone in on is hey keep that ball close to you right that is the most precious thing on the field that's what that's what can win and lose you ball games, right? I mean, we saw that yeah, in, in West Virginia, right? I mean, we had three to four turnovers, and that's the ball game, right? And so, sure. um, you know, we if we're playing a better, you know, Kansas is a great team, not to knock them at all, but if we're playing a big team on the road, you know, and and that happens, and they turnovers and they go down to score. Talk about momentum shift, right? Yeah. And that's that's what we went back to earlier. And so, if we can, obviously. And being a young quarterback, a lot of things to learn. He's a sharp dude. Coaching staff is going to do a great job of, of coaching him up on that. And just, hey, we got to get better each each week. We have to improve so that when we look back, we can say, man, I wish, you know, 
we did everything we could to to leave it all in the field. Yeah. So, I mean, we still want Shapin to escape the pocket and make plays like that. It's nothing where they're coaching him and saying, hey, just throw the ball away. It's like, no, just be a little bit smarter escaping the pocket. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what he's going to do. Right. It's just there's there's a couple different ways to do it. Right. And one hand on the ball. Most of the time, if it's now, let's say if it's a little bit slick outside, right, mm-hmm. that is going to lose the ball. I mean, it was perfect, perfect environment, and it just uh, the ball didn't bounce our way, I guess to say. And so, uh, but yeah, it's he's he's got to be better with with controlling the ball because I mean, he's a general general on the field, and if he's making mistakes, and we're going in the wrong direction. Yeah, for sure. And and let, let's let's stay on shape in here. Baylor did try a, a few deep balls there, but it was super windy like that was a stiff wind a consistent wind how much does that affect you when throwing the ball both into it and against it like both against it and with it yeah I mean it can affect it a little bit um but you know it goes back to I think it was windy all week so hey he had that practice he could be able to practice it you know in practice he could feel it out you know there was there were some pretty good gusts I could say even on the show with the tailgate show, I mean, we were sitting there thinking the whole tent was going to fall down with some, some of the gusts. And so, um, but back to, yeah, it's, you know, that's, but then again, you know, that, that's the advantage to the, to the receiver and to the quarterback, right? Because the corner is anticipating them to be no wind, right? And when there is, it's, uh, you know, more or less, it's just giving your guys a chance, right? A chance to catch the ball. If you're, you know, if you're not anticipating a big gust or something like that, I mean, I would, it's even better for me, especially when we were playing, like if we were having some big gusts was to leave the ball short, like put it on the, put it on the receiver rather than trying to lead it. Because when you lead it, if we get a big gust, it's just going to sweep it and take it you know, completely out of being uncatchable. Yeah. Do you think that affected his, his first interception when he was rolling out? Uh, I don't know. I don't no. think so. Yeah. Cause it was too, it was, it was about a, what a, 10 yard pass and he's so. moving towards there. I think he just left it behind. He just left it behind him, and the corner made a good play. You know, he broke on the ball really well. And it just, yeah, it just bad positioning, but you know, do you, was he throwing to Presley or was he throwing to Sims? Uh, do you remember? You'd have to ask him. Yeah. You'd okay. have to ask okay. him on that. I think, I think it was, I think it was Presley. I'm I, pretty if I go, I need to go back and watch, yeah. but regardless, whoever it was, he was throwing to that sideline throw and he just left it behind him. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you think Shapin's biggest strength is? I think he trusts his arm really well. And I think he trusts his decision-making. Right. And so being able to do that, whenever you have the ball in your hands, if you know, like you can make that, you know, opposite sideline out, you know, 15 yard out throw and, you know, you can get it there on time. I mean, that's one of the hardest throws to make yeah. in football and he can make it, you know, really easily, even on the run, he can make that. And so his, I think his one, well, that's one of his biggest strengths just from arm talent standpoint. Now I think on even his, even his thinking, right. I think um, Grimes has done a job, a, a good job this year of taking the thinking out of it right? Hey, making, he's, he's given him some freedom to potentially change a play or, you know, what we would call is, you know, whenever I was doing the NFL stuff, Hey, opposite, opposite, right? If you have a run to the left and you see that there's a heavy box to the left, you can walk up and say, Hey, opposite, opposite. And you flip 
the run to the opposite side, right? I've seen him do that a couple of times. Oh, okay. Um, which has been good, but that was earlier in the season, right? I haven't seen much since conference play, but, mm. um, you know, for better, for worse, you know, I think Grimes has done a good job up to this point of, you know, being at least, con- you know, consistent on taking the, the thinking out of the game and just letting him play and, and read the defense and, and sling the ball around the field. Yeah, what what is what does he improve most on this season? Do you think? Yeah, I think it's just decision making, right? You know, I think the we saw in the second half of Oklahoma State he got rattled real quick, right? I mean, Oklahoma State was a is you know is still a really good football team as they were last year, and they made some good adjustments. And I think just from you know him not forcing as much, you know, maybe not maybe not thinking out of like, oh, I, I can't fit this ball in this window. He can fit the ball in windows. And that's where like his his confidence continues to grow as he can make those throws, you know, on time. Even if they're a little bit late, he still has enough arm strength to fit it in those holes. Yeah. Um, I think that's really where a big, big factor has come in at least this year, seeing him play, you know, him continue to grow his confidence each and every game. Where do you think he needs to improve the most on now? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm obviously a, a big, big advocate for incorporating the quarterback into the run game a little mm. bit, right? Because, you know, that's not to say to take unnecessary hits, right? He's done a great job of sliding. You know, I, I have mixed emotions on the slide. Um, as I've seen more quarterbacks get hurt from the slide than just taking a normal yeah. hit from somebody. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side, just from if – if he sees an open window or, you know, he has the capacity to run that softens up the defense so much. Like if you can just, you know, early on in the game, I mean, I was talking to a couple of guys last week of, you know, if you know, they asked me like, what was your play style? I was like, well, early in the game, even if it was a zone read and I knew it was a give, I'm going to pull it regardless just to establish that, that Hey, I can run <laughs> the ball. Yeah. Right. And like, it doesn't matter. You're, you're going to sit there and watch me hand the ball off and I'm going to burst at you. And that gives the running back enough time to read the hole and get to the gap without having that guy fall in on. And mm-hmm. so um, I think that can be somewhere, but obviously that plays into what Grimes' style, yeah. right? I think he wants shaping to sling the ball around the field and, and not take unnecessary hits. And so if that was one critique that I could see him just to, just to help keep the offense moving, right, and, and being more true to what they can do, is potentially getting a little bit more involved in a run game. Yeah, and his wide receivers also um, pretty inexperienced as well. I, I think they've been growing throughout the year, but how have you seen that improvement grow throughout the year and just how important is that chemistry between the receiver and the quarterback? Yeah, I could I could definitely see early on that there was there was a lot of timid, timid players out there, right? Because they just didn't know who, to, who was going to step up. I mean, I think it took us four games to figure out who was actually – who were the players were, yeah. right? I mean, you know, Sims was obviously a guy who stepped up early, but that's just one, right? And then we had Baldwin step up pretty early with a lot of the jet sweeps, the deep ball, the deep threats. And his last couple of games, we saw Holmes step up, right? And so um, these guys are really starting to come into their own. You know, they're starting to grow their confidence. Hey, we're, we're throwing the ball more, right? Which grows confidence yeah. and, and Shapin's making good decisions and, and we're not beating our head against the wall, running the ball. Um, you know, we're opening up a little bit more, which I think is, which I really like. Um, but I mean, 
obviously the, the, the more film that you have, the more you can learn from, right. A lot of these guys don't have any film on themselves. And so unless it was a blowout early on in the season. Yeah. Um, and so it's just looking back and saying, Hey, okay, you know, how can I get out of this break a little bit quicker or how can I set up the block a little bit better or, you know, whatever it is, you know, they're, they're continually getting better each and every week, which is, which is progress. Yeah. And you said, you like that the offense is getting opened up more. I think that's something that we all kind of expected to see with us rolling with Shapin this year. Um, but this past week, through 26 passes, um, we rushed it 57 times, though. Um, do you think we're kind of re- reverting back to that um, recipe of last year of heavy rush and then throwing, you know, only like 20 to 25 passes? Is that the recipe going forward or how do you see that? I mean, you know, that's Grimes' style, right? Hey, we're going to, we're going to establish the run and then we're going to throw it after that. And so I don't see him changing much, you know, last year we had a lot of success. I think he was leading the, leading the big 12, you know, in yards per game, you know, just based off of, you know, overall yards per game and, yeah. Um, he knows that we can establish the run, but also like those guys up front, we got Khalil back last week, oh, which was, huge. which was a game changer. Yeah. Right. I mean, you could just see, I mean, the offensive line, just like once he, once he reestablished himself, you could see those guys like get, get hungry again. I mean, they've been hungry. They've just been maybe missing one or two links. And now that they got all the links back, now it's a solid guys, you know, solid front. And they're just going to continue to lean and eat off of that and just make sure that, Hey, if, um, you know, we have to establish a run game. If we don't, then it's going to be a long five rest of the games this season and potential bowl game. Um, and that's what we've seen, right. With the past games that we haven't been able to run. Um, and so it's, it all starts up front and I know those guys take it personally. Um, the offensive line does and, and they've done a great job, you know, each week getting better and better progressing, opening up holes and letting Reese and those guys, you know, make, make big plays and good cuts off of them. Yeah. You mentioned two, two big names there. And I'm glad you mentioned Keith because I didn't have him on our, on, on my little rundown here, but man, having Khalil Keith back was just, like you said, you could just see the difference in that, in that, that front five, like, and you could just see Khalil's athleticism and his size um, just compared to our other linemen and just like how important he is to that offensive line and how, how much he's been missed um, this year. And then you talked about Richard Reese. I mean, he was arguably the fourth man on that running back depth chart at the beginning of this year, kind of off everyone's radar. And now he's, he's leading this team in rushing, um, had an all-time performance all-time Baylor freshman performance. I think he went for 31 carries, 187 yards. Um, Man, how easy, how much easier does it make the offense when you've got a guy, you know, busting out 180 yards on the ground? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it it softens up the defense, right? It makes them commit one way or the other. If they're, you know, it's it's either you're going to live by the sword or die by the sword, right? You know, a lot of teams are going to want to try to load it up load up the box and stop the run. If they do that, then, hey, let Shapin do what he does, right? Let's let him pick him apart. Um, these, like I said, the receivers are starting to really come into their own. And, um, but, you know, Richards, he's, he has progressed so much from 
Oklahoma State to last or this, you know, against Kansas. I mean, breaking down the film from looking at like, you know, he showed some, some young, you know, some, mm-hmm. some, you know, his rookiness out there <laughs> against Oklahoma State whenever, hey, we're driving down, it's fourth down on the, you know, on the five yard line and we have a zone with some pulling, you know, zone left instead of him cutting up, right? You know, as a freshman, fresh out of high school, you're thinking, hey, I'm going to beat him to the edge. You can't do that in this league, right? There's too much speed. Um, but then you saw the next week, right? He made a similar adjustment. But then this past week, I mean, you saw him stick his foot in the ground mm. and he was getting, you know, north and south yeah. quickly, which is where, you know, where running backs like Reese need to be is getting up and down, you know, making one cut and go. Yeah, I mean, I've been very impressed with Reese. And like you said, still still some growing pains. He is a freshman. I mean, he was playing high school, high school football last year. So uh definitely a bright spot in the offense. And uh, you know, expecting to see this team kind of lean on him more and more to to be quite honest with you. And you know, it seems at this point that the offense is ahead of the defense to me, which is something I didn't expect to say coming into this year. And uh, a little bit opposite of last year, I would say, where like last year it was like, hey, if we can just get the offense to like 25 points, we're going to win this game. And -hmm. it feels like it's almost flipped this year because our offense is is playing so well. And it's like, hey, maybe the defense just needs to get a few key stops and let this offense kind of hum and and take the game over. What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, you know, the defense has done a great job with what they've been asked. Right. And I think just from, you know, obviously there's, we, we don't really, I mean, Ika up front, right. Is obviously done a great job. I mean, they're double teaming them every time. And so it's just, it's hard to get any, pre- the biggest thing that I've seen is we haven't really gotten much pressure. Yes. Right. Last year, last year was, I mean, I think we were having, you know, four to five sacks a game. Yeah. Right. And I think we're averaging a half a sack a game this year or somewhere around there. It could be a little bit off, but, um, you know, as a quarterback, if you know that this team, a team doesn't have a heavy pass rush, then, you know, that puts a lot of stress on the defensive backs, right? Our young defensive backs that are, that are still very, are maturing extremely well with the amount of pressure that they put into. And then that just goes back to like, you know, you know, a lot of teams like to have at least just one guy, like one main dude. Yeah, We had about seven last year. <laughs> Right. On that defense. And so like, and there's only 11 people on the field. So, um, and and, you know, we lost a lot of those guys, which, you know, obviously we're seeing that kind of come into fruition this year of what we're, what we're missing. But I think that just gives, that should give, you know, some encouragement to, you know, those guys on defense of like, Hey, who's going to step up, right. Who's going to be that guy that, that can, that can be the Jalen Petrie, the Bernard, the, you know, those, the woods, the, all the, the people that are back there that are just flying around, you know, knocking people from sideline to sideline. Now, Doyle has done a great job of stepping up this year, um, you know, playing both sides of the ball. But, um, you know, it's just been, you know, I think they have been, they're trying to play more complimentary football, which mm-hmm. I think is, which is, which is fine, which is good. You know, keeping guys in front, not like not giving up the big play, um, they are doing a great job up to this point. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's tough. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a rebuilding year. It's just a reloading year. It's just figuring out who, who do you want to put, you know, in the barrel of the fire. Yeah. How much of that is just like, 
you know, you mentioned Woods, Petrie, Bernard, um, Barnes. They had all played for so long that the football IQ, how much of that paired with the athleticism, you know, with them knowing like, it felt like Petrie knew exactly what play the defense was going to run every, or the offense was going to run every single play. And yes, he has incredible athleticism, but I almost felt like his football IQ is what helped him make all those tackles for loss and, and almost win the, you know, best defensive back. I, I forget the award name, but the best defensive back in the nation, like how much of that f- football IQ do you think plays into like tackles for loss? You can't coach experience. That's just where it all boils down to, right? And so a lot of those guys were starting three, four years in a row, Mm. right? And so them just working together off-season, you know, they have established who the leaders were, and everybody fed off that. And so it's just the – watching those guys play last year, they had so much – you know, they they knew where they were going to be before they were even there, right? And I think that's one thing that we're trying to figure out this year is – hey, if I'm going to be looping around on a blitz here, I expect you to be replacing me on the flat, you know, or whatever that is, or I'm going to get, to, I'm going to get pressure. I'm not just going to get blocked. Right. And so, um, I mean, obviously that goes into, you know, the, the defensive schemes, right. What are we doing? And what, what looks are we giving? I don't think we've been as, you know, just looking from a bird's eye view yeah. as, as crazy as we were last year, right. The different looks, the, the rolling, the, the different coverages, the fronts, the stunts, the the shifts. I mean, all that, I think we're, we're going a little bit more vanilla just because yeah. it's, we don't want to overthink, right? Just play football, right? That's all it is. Keep the guys in front, make plays, knock the ball out of the, out of the, out of the, um, out of the air, out of the hands of the receiver and just, just keep and just stay on the field. Yeah. I, I, you're, I think you're exactly right. And the reason I think you're exactly right is because coach Aranda said the same thing, but playing a lot of, a lot of cover too. And trying to keep things uh, like I, I guess pretty simple. We'll 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 see if that that defensive uh, backfield can kind of uh, step it up here in the last five games, and uh, hopefully step it up here against Texas Tech. All right, let's get to this week's oh so good player of the game. A really really easy choice this week. It's the true freshman, the true freshman, Richard Reese. 31 carries, my goodness. 31 carries, 186 yards for two touchdowns. His long run going for 37 yards. A couple of catches, two catches for 26 yards. His long there, 14. But man, he's been a bright spot for this offense this year. And he is this week's oh-so-good player of the game. got a very good passing attack i know they've been playing their third string quarterback but i don't think that matters for for tech this year he's been slinging that ball pretty well pretty well and this is uh this is a big time game this uh this butt ball they got patrick mahomes coming back into town it's a night game in lubbock a blackout game you've got joey mcguire going against baylor for his first time i mean there are so many storylines to this game i mean baylor has not won in lubbock since 1990 and a 21 to 15 win. I know a bunch of times we played in Arlington, but specifically in Lubbock, uh, 30 years, 32 years. And uh, Baylor leads the series 40, 39 to one. So, I mean, it is, it is neck and neck. And these teams look like they are neck and neck this year. I mean, this, this thing could really go either way. 
what are your overall impressions of Texas Tech so far this year? Yeah, you can't sleep on them, right? You can't sleep on any team in the Big 12 this year. And McGuire, I mean, I, I know McGuire all the way from the high school days, right? I mean, he was a good family friend, and I just – I know his mentality. He's a, he's a player's coach. He's going to – you want to play for that guy, right? You want to win for that guy, and he gives you reasons why. Um, and Tech is, you know, looking back, regardless of it was Baylor, Tech, whoever it is, Baylor's a reigning Big 12 champs, Right. Every, every team has circled this game on their calendar, regardless if they're ranked or not. They have circled that because they want to remember last year and say, hey, you know what? Okay, Big 12 champs, we'll, we'll, we'll show you this year, right? You know, it's another year to prove themselves. And so, um, you know, I never had the, the opportunity to play, you know, in Lubbock. I mean, I've heard it's a, uh, a pretty rowdy crowd out there, as you can imagine. Say the least. Um, yeah, but 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 what better what better time to break that thirty-two year cycle, right? Of of losing up there, right? Why not? Sat- why not? Why not this Saturday? I mean, why not? Why right? not? What's I mean, what's what's stopping you, right? Um, and so yeah, it's I'm pumped pumped for the game. I mean, I'll be sitting at home on the couch watching it. You know, probably got you know something going in the microwave or in the oven or ordering some pizza. I don't know what we're going to do yet, but uh, maybe get some barbecue, but uh, no, I'm, I'm excited. And I know that, you know, both teams are going to be pumped to play. My wife's a big fan of the uh, just making super fancy charcuterie boards. So I don't know if the microwave is going to be in our plans on, on Saturday. So sure. Um, yeah. Probably mine, not either. I just said that. <laughs> as a, some hot pockets and some uh, pizza rolls or something. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, but yeah, what what does Baylor have to do to win? What what are the keys to a Baylor win for you this weekend? Yeah, so our 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 um saying that we would always say is first quarter is alignment, just line up, right? Line up to where you're supposed to be. Second quarter is assignment, do your job, right? Third quarter is technique coming out of halftime, hey, making sure we're really technical. And the fourth quarter is effort, right? We gotta we gotta put it all together. But I think just from to keep it as simple as possible, just do your job. That's all it is, right? There's nothing fancy. Football is not hard. You know, all these analytical things that people put out there, oh, we need to be running this. It's not, it's not hard. It's very simple. You put, you do your job, you tackle, you catch the ball, you don't throw interceptions, you don't fumble the ball and you hit the holes. You win the football game, right? And you win special teams. It's not that hard. It's just, hey, everybody just needs to do their job, focus on what position you are, what your duty is, and do it. Don't try to be extra, you know, because when you start to try to be extra and fill in for somebody else's gap or whatever it is, now you just left somebody else stranded where an open hole where, you know, a touchdown could potentially happen, right? Communication, do your job, and get out of Lubbock with a W. I like it. I like it. It's not a, hey, watch this matchup versus this guy, or Baylor needs to do this, especially against this look, or I just straightforward show up play football and play together. I like it. Does Baylor get out with a win this weekend? Of course. Of course. Of course. If, if I, if I didn't say yes, then I'm not a Baylor fan. I never <laughs> played. So uh, yeah. I mean, if, like I said, if they just do their job, they have the athletes to do it. They have the coaching staff, they have the mentality. Um, it's going to be rowdy there for sure. You know, it's going to be loud. There's going to be batteries probably being thrown um tortillas and whatever else they take tortillas out for there. sure um and just be ready for it right you know the beds are going to be hard 
the bus ride's going to suck. The food's going to be awful. Uh, the toilet paper is going to be really rough and just, man, just, just expect that. Know you're going into a hostile environment and put it to them. Very good. That's what I like to hear. Seth, anything else you want to add before we let you go here? No, man, everybody just show up if you're going, if not represent at home or wherever you're watching and um, sick and bears. Yes. Sick and bears. That is Seth Russell, former Baylor quarterback and uh, special guest to, uh, to please bear with me. And you can catch him on the Baylor football tailgate show uh, pregames every Saturday and the occasional Thursday when we play Uh, Seth Russell. Thanks again for joining us. This was a pleasure and hope to have you again soon. Sick and bears. Yeah. Thanks Travis. All right, let's talk bare necessities for this weekend's butt bowl. First, we can't hurt ourselves. We've got to play a clean game. Feels like these past two weeks, we've really hurt ourselves and we've been playing against two opponents. You know, we've been playing against who we're actually playing against and we've been playing against ourselves. We've given up seven turnovers in the last two games. We're just not taking care of the ball. We've got a minus three turnover margin on the year, 94th in the nation, and tied second to last in the Big 12. Funny enough, tied with Tech for second to last in the Big 12. But look, if, if we can play a clean game, that gives us a very good chance to win. Secondly, pressure the quarterback. This is something this defense has been lacking the whole year, and Tech has given up the most sacks in the Big 12. Baylor is last in sacks in the Big 12, so something's got to give there. And Baylor only one sack in the last two games. Tech is an excellent passing team. That's how they're going to beat you. That's how they're going to beat us, even with a third-string quarterback, Morton. And look, our, our defensive backfield, That has been the weakness of this defense and our passing defense. And if we can find a way to pressure the quarterback this week, that's going to take a lot of pressure off of our pass defense. And look, I think we can. I know we haven't gotten a lot of sacks this year, but Tech has given up the most in the Big 12. That's going to be a huge key for us this weekend, pressuring the quarterback. Game prediction. Yes, what is your game prediction? I will tell you right now. We have a big, big game coming up in Lubbock this weekend. As I mentioned, Patrick Mahomes is back in town in Lubbock. It's a blackout game. It's a sold-out game. Both teams here have an outside shot at the Big 12 Championship. A lot's going to have to happen for for both teams to to even get into the championship game, but definitely both teams need this win in order, um, you know, for their bowl game uh, life, fighting for our bowl game life. I know Baylor definitely is. We've got a very very difficult schedule over the next five games, and Tech comes in just defeating West Virginia, forty eight to ten. So if you, if you want to compare scores there, we lost to West Virginia and we gave up 40 points. West Virginia uh, Tech just destroyed them 48 to 10. So if you're looking at those scores, no, it looks pretty bleak for Baylor on the road 
in Lubbock. And some quick stats for this game. Fourth down conversions. Tech has converted 24th downs. That is first in the nation. Guess who's second in the nation? Baylor with 16. Points per game. Tech's 30, Tech 36.3. Baylor 37.4. I mean, basically the same. Defense points per game. Tech's giving up 27. Baylor 24.1. Very, very similar as well. Yards per game. Tech is second in the Big 12 in offensive yards per game. Baylor is second in the Big 12 in yards allowed per game. And then sacks. Tech, last in the Big 12. 24 sacks against them. And BU, last in the Big 12 with sacks, 11. So, interesting to uh, to see how that plays out. I think pressuring the quarterback is going to be a, a big key this weekend. And look, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't feel very good heading into this game. The, the two bare necessities that we talked about earlier can't hurt ourselves. We have not been good at that the past two weeks. And pressuring the quarterback, we have not been good at that at all this season. And that's the reason that I do not feel good about this game, especially on the road. We really do need to take care of the ball, and we haven't done that. We really need to pressure the quarterback, and we haven't done that. So I do think this is going to be a, a dogfight, a rock fight, you know, whatever whatever saying you, you want to input there, input it there, because it's going to be that. And I think Tech gets the better of us just because they're playing at home, and I think Tech wins this, this game 34-31. to 31. Nobody hate me. <laughs> I, I'm ride or die with the Baylor Bears, uh, but not feeling good going into Lubbock. I definitely think we can win the game. This is like either team. It is really a toss-up. Like, I think when, when this game first came out, Baylor was favored by a point, and now Tech is favored by two points. So like even Vegas and, and betters don't know, you know who to bet on this game. It's, it's the flip of a coin on this game, and I, I'm just leaning Tech's way because they're playing at home. Let's talk Big 12 picks here, and I'm sitting at 520 and 20 and 1 after last week um, because I decided it would be smart to bring in these new teams um, that are coming to the Big 12 and pick those in BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, and that was not a smart decision because <laughs> I chose all four of those games incorrectly, but chose all four of the current Big 12 uh, games correct. So the, the four I got right were Kansas at BU, BU minus eight. We ended up winning by 12, 35 to 23. Uh, I had Tech minus seven. They beat West Virginia, 48 to 10. Steamrolled them. Uh, had UT, UT was minus six and a half. I chose Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State won that game outright, 41 to 34. And then Kansas State at TCU, it was TCU minus three and a half, and I took TCU. They ended up winning by 10, 38 to 28. So I had all four of those correct, and man, I was I was wrong on this bottom four. Most surprisingly, BYU at Liberty. Liberty beats BYU 41 to 14. I had BYU minus seven, so way off there. Houston at Navy, um, I had Navy. And Houston minus three points. I chose Navy. Uh, Houston won 38 to 20. Had Cincinnati at SMU. Cincinnati minus three. 
and I chose Cincinnati. They did win the game, but it was 29-27, so only by two points, so I lost there. And then East Carolina um, beat UCF pretty handily, 34-13. to I chose UCF minus five, so four and four last week and still 500 on the year. Um, could be better, but you know, also could be a lot worse. So, uh, week nine going into here, BU at Texas Tech, Texas Tech minus two and a half points. And, uh, man, I got to go with tech here. I'm, I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling like we're going to turn the ball over here in Lubbock, unfortunately. And so I, I think tech's going to win this game. Number seven, TCU at West Virginia. TCU minus seven points on the road. I do think they'll beat West Virginia by more than seven. So I've got TCU there. OU at Iowa State. OU is favored in this game by two points. And look, Iowa State's had a rough season, but I'm taking Iowa State at home, and I think they're going to win outright. They have a strong defense going up against this OU offense, and uh, if they can shut down this OU offense, I think they'll score enough points to win. Number nine, Oklahoma State at number 22, Kansas State. Kansas State favored by one point, and I'm going to take Kansas State. Don't know if Adrian Martinez is going to play, but I think they can still pull out the win with a uh, with an injured Spencer Sanders on Oklahoma State side. And Will Howard, the backup quarterback for Kansas State, looked pretty good there uh, against TCU last week. And he's got some experience coming in, especially for them last year. So yeah, give me Kansas State minus one point. East Carolina is going to BYU. If you remember, East Carolina just beat UCF by about 20 points. And um, this is a, I believe it's a night game at BYU. I know how crazy that place can get. We all know how crazy uh, that place can get. So I'm going BYU minus three, even though they haven't particularly played well this year. USF at Houston. And we found out last week that Gary Bohannon out for the season with a shoulder injury, which, uh, you know, hated to hear. He had transferred there to USF. Uh, They are visiting Houston. Houston minus 17 and a half points. And look, I've got Houston. Um, Yeah, I've got Houston. And then a future Big 12 matchup here. Number 20 Cincinnati at UCF. Cincinnati favored by one point. Uh, UCF coming off a, a bad loss there to East Carolina. So yeah, give me Cincinnati minus one point. Thanks to everyone for tuning in this week. This is an absolute pleasure for me to come on and and talk about Baylor football every week. And look, without this podcast and without you, I wouldn't get to talk to cool people like Chris Platt, Bryce Petty, uh, Seth Russell, like we did today, and and many, many others. It it gives me personally a really uh, fun opportunity and something I enjoy doing and just talking Baylor football with former players. And so, uh, you know, just thank you again for tuning in every week and and listening and and making this a a part of your week. Just know it is uh, it is very, very appreciated. And also something very appreciated is Seth Russell for joining me today. I know he's been on before, but never kind of in the weekly uh, podcast we do here. So great to hear his thoughts on on Blake Shapin and the mindset of the team moving forward and a big one. A big, big game. I've said it many times today. A big game here in Lubbock. I think this is a great, great rivalry for us moving forward in the Big 12 and has been for for a while now. Um, So, hey, we'll see what happens. Baylor, we've got to take care of the ball. Got to play four quarters. And uh, 
Hey, we've got to weather this storm. That is the Lubbock crowd. And we'll see what happens. This is Travis Corley saying stay safe and sick and bears. The Please Bear With Me podcast was created by Scotty Swingler, is hosted and produced by Travis Corley in affiliation with 247 Sports and Bears Illustrated.